would it feel to have more peace and tranquility in your body when it comes to your finances? How would it feel to be more open to receiving financial abundance with ease in your life? Bet it would feel more free and safe, right? Energetically, our bodies hold memories of past versions of ourselves when our relationship with money was just building up. Meaning what you learned about money from your caretakers, your body and mind absorbed as the absolute truth around how to handle finances. These patterns of behavior may be subtly present in your relationship with financial abundance and quite possibly be blocking you from receiving the money that you desire. In my course, Demystify Your Money Wounds, I am opening up my teachings to eight women who desire to heal their beliefs around money on a bodily level. Creating spreadsheets, budgeting, saving money, and even mindset work around abundance will only get you so far. It's the body and your nervous system that need to be on board with your relationship to financial abundance. And this is your opportunity to join me, Sarita, to help you guide to release those old patterns of behavior so you can create and attract the financial abundance you deserve. Doors open up the week of Black Friday, so you can go ahead and reserve your spot at www.saritawellness.com backslash healing so you can be the first to know when the doors open to this amazing program. Now, on to the scheduled episode. Hey there, I'm Sarita, and you're about to experience the modern approach to well-being where you get to establish the best and most important relationship you will ever have, the one with yourself. I'm on a mission to help you declutter energy and reclaim your power so you can be a magnet to what you desire. If you're looking for the optimal blend of mindset and healing, you're in the right place. My goal in this podcast is to share tools, resources, and practices that will help you along your healing journey. I'm so excited to be here with you today. So welcome to Back to Here with Sarita. Let's get started. Hey there, lovely soul. I am so happy you are back here today with me, your host, Sarita, for another episode of Back to Here with Sarita. Let me just start by saying a few things that I'm totally blown away with right now. First, that we only have six weeks left in 2023. I can't believe it. I don't know about you, but some parts of this year dragged by and then there are other parts of the year that just flew by. And if you're listening to this on the day that it drops, it is actually Thanksgiving week. And I literally feel like we just had Halloween yesterday, but that was almost a month ago. And for me, it's been one heck of a year, but I will be reflecting on all of that in my final episode in December. Right now, this particular episode actually marks the final countdown for the last three episodes of the year of 2023. I cannot believe it. And being an organic podcast, this is another thing that's blowing my mind. Being an organic podcast, and that means that I have no ads or traditional marketing set in place for this particular podcast. This podcast has actually done really, really well for itself for just the year that it's been on the different platforms. Right now, I can say that I'm just shy of about a thousand downloads. 
which means that I want to thank you for that number, for being so high. I want to thank you for being a listener. I'm so grateful that you're here. And actually, as a thank you, I'm going to be throwing a little one-year-old podcast party at the beginning of the year so you can win some prizes. But I will, again, talk to you more about that in the last episode. Okay, moving on to actual meat and potatoes of the episode and the reason you're probably here today is to hear me speak around my money healing story and more around my scarcity wound healing. As you may remember a few episodes ago, I shared with you that I'm stepping more into my passion as a inner wealth and abundance coach. And I'm talking a lot more about things around manifesting abundance and healing. And that actually includes the relationship with money. And honestly, talking about money really lights me up. It's kind of funny. Like I was doing a a reading with one of my friends who was doing a natal chart reading. And she was like, the reason you're so into this is because it's in your natal chart that you are supposed to be talking about abundance and money in a very non-traditional way. Not in the traditional sense, meaning, you know, investment stocks, IRAs, all the things that are very important, but they're not the areas that really light me up. What really does light me up around money is the energetics of money and the healing of it and the healing that can be done behind money stories that we created at a young age that we bring into adulthood and keep us operating in a certain way around abundance. And I love talking about anything that's around healing the scarcity wounds and our relationship with abundance. So if you want to pinpoint this kind of talk, I would say this is more of feminine approach to money and the energetics of currency. So you're probably asking like, how did I get started on all this? Well, believe it or not, I've been doing scarcity healing, financial abundance healing, money healing, all the things for the past four and a half years. And I've actually kept this part of my life very much on the DL. And I didn't share this aspect of my healing with anybody really. And I'll tell you why in a little bit. It's been within the last year and a half or so that I've had a lot of major breakthroughs of thoughts and healing. And to be honest with you, I'm actually not really sure why I kept this part of my life a secret. I'm thinking that probably because I was too scared to share this aspect of this part of me because I had such an up and down relationship with money. And also too, like a lot of us who are starting to step into more authentic roles and like becoming a better version of ourselves, I think for me, I had a lot of imposter syndrome around money because I didn't feel worthy of sharing my story because I wasn't making like six figures of any kind and I'm still not making six figures. However, I I realized that that doesn't matter. That me sharing my money story is actually going to be helping and supporting someone else that uh, wants to do the same thing as me. Believe it or not, the money healing was actually a lot deeper than just about money. I went into it with the intention of healing my money story. However, it was a lot deeper and it had to do with scarcity wounds that had a lot to do with love and deeper than that and beliefs around all that. And so it's crazy. Like the deeper I go, the more I realize that these two things are intertwined, things about money and love, which are actually two of the big kind of taboo subjects 
that a lot of people don't really talk about and that there are more people that are talking about these things. So the deeper I go, the more I literally see that everything is just so interconnected. Okay, so let's start, start talking about my money story. What I'll do is I'll begin telling you a little bit about my upbringing and then I can share with you the stories that were created around that when it comes to money. And then the next part will be about what I've done to actually heal myself from these beliefs that I've created. And before I get into this, wanted you probably are asking like, why am I sharing this part of me with you? Money in general, if you think about it, if and if you like it or not, is a big important factor and is all around us and in fact does impact majority of decisions in the world from very small everyday transactions that you and me do to the corporate world to like companies that are you know ginormous like Amazon and then transcends into things like world leadership. Everything is affected by the currency of money. We know it's circulating around us all the time like everywhere all the time. So that being said, it is a huge impactor on how we lead our lives. With everything, we need to have a healthy relationship with it because it allows us to better understand it and ourselves. Okay, so if you've heard from my previous episode, I'll just kind of step back in time a little bit. I was adopted at three years old by a single mother and my mother was a teacher for years before she retired. I grew up in the Midwest in the 80s as a young thing, and I didn't really understand at that time, as at a very young age, that my mother struggled. I saw things as a young child that permeated into my mind and my body, which I'll explain a little bit later, that I realized that at the time, like I, I you know, let, let it permeate and soak in, but it was later on that I realized some things. But I had no idea as a little kid that we were basically, I wouldn't say poor, but very stretched. And so I have memories of my mother taking pennies and putting them in rolls of boxes, pencil boxes. She used to save old clothes to use as rags. She clipped coupons. We would go to the dollar movies. We would bring our own snacks everywhere. And I just, I do have recollections of my mom, hearing my mom say to me when I wanted something, when I was maybe pointing at something in the store that I wanted, she would reflect back to me and say, you don't need that. Or seldomly, but it was said, we don't have the money for that. Or that's too expensive. And as a kid, I didn't really think about that, you know, that much. I was just wanting that thing that I was pointing at in the moment we just ended up moving on. Like she would distract me with something else. All those actions and those words, however, planted a lot of seeds in my mind and my body as I grew up. So going into elementary school, I went to a very prestigious school in St. Louis where I grew up and and it has a lot of history. And many families in the area had uh, generational wealth went there. And to this day, I really don't know how my mom afforded that school. Most likely I had some sort of like financial like help. All I know is that she has prized education from a very, like from a very early age. She's a teacher. So I got really, really good education. And during the years of kindergarten to fourth grade, I went to school with St. Louis's, some of St. Louis's most wealthiest family's children. And boy, did it really start to sink in when I hit around nine years old, like eight and nine years old. I started to notice the girls in my class wear nicer clothes than me and pretty much on a monthly basis or every other month basis, I was invited to a birthday party in a mansion. And I remember the first time we drove up to one of the houses in Ladue, my 
jaw literally dropped because they had a pond in their front yard with a paddle boat. They had a swimming pool. They had their own library. And here's the thing. It wasn't really about the wealth that was making an impact on me. It was how I related to the wealth. And let me explain that a little bit. A few of the girls in my class would invite me to these parties. I wasn't really friends with them. They would just invite me to these parties probably because they didn't want me to feel left out. And what I didn't like about them was that they were too bossy and they were kind of like stuck up and snobby. They would say like kind of nasty things to some of the other girls in my class. And uh, I just didn't really like being around them. So guess what that produced? I created a story in my mind that rich people are snobby and selfish. Did my mom tell me that? No. She just told me, she told me like the opposite. She would tell me that the people that were sitting outside their homes, not working, were losers because they were on welfare. But she never told me that rich people were, you know, snobby and all that. That was something I created in my own head. And so the story I created from that, both those two drastic different experiences, if rich people are snobby, this is the story I created in my head. If rich people are snobby, then, and then people that don't want to work are losers, I must work really hard not to be a loser, but I don't want to work. I don't want to become too rich because that equates that I would be snobby. See what occurred? So fast forward, I continued to grow. I changed schools and I was so lucky. I was so fortunate that I remained in private schools pretty much my whole upbringing. And so I was exposed to a lot of different families, experiences where there were two-parent incomes. I was exposed to my counterparts, students who would get cars and computers for their birthdays. I was exposed to people that were were my counterparts, the students at my school that would get Europe vacations. Meanwhile, I started working at the age of 13 to provide or help provide money for my upbringing. It wasn't until I got to junior high that I could tell that we were really not that well off at all. My mom was always stressed out about everything. Being a single parent, being the breadwinner, having to raise two kids on her own, the whole deal. And so during my summer and Christmas holidays, I would be sent off to my grandparents' house with my sister to be taken care of so she could catch up. And as a teenager, I was expected to work, but honestly, I never saw the money. I would be working and I would hand over my paycheck to them to help them. And it was expected that I was to make money. And it almost felt like I was making ghost money because I never saw the money, but yet I was like working really hard. I was working really hard at starting at the age of 13 to help provide for the, the household. And I was working really hard to get good grades in life. I was really working hard at life in general. And another thing that wasn't necessarily related to money, but it still had to relate to the aspect of working, is that I was told on multiple occasions by my white mother, you need to work harder because of the color of your skin. And I mentioned this in one of my podcast episodes that that actually instilled in me this deep-seated belief, this deep, deep, deep-seated like belief and thought and story that I have to work really, really hard for what I want and what I desire because I was told at such a starting at such a young age that I have to work harder because of the meat suit, because of the color of my skin. So when it relates to money, I came up with the idea that I 
basically was told that I have to work hard. So when it came to money, I related that as well, that I have to work really hard for money, aka I'm not worthy of receiving with ease. So fast forward to college, I saw my counterparts travel during the summer, go to camp, but I always had to work. And don't get me wrong, I had really, really enjoyable summer breaks. Like I I had some really, really good memories, but they were always centralized around having some sort of job. And again, I would never see the money. In fact, I hardly have any recollection of cashing the checks myself and keeping the money. So what that created in me was a couple things. It created a byproduct of someone who was really jealous of other people that had more than me because I never got to see the money. I got to see them wear nicer clothes, drive nicer cars, like have more fun experiences than me. And I didn't get that. So I started to feel really insignificant. This didn't help when social media came out because I developed this problem even deeper of almost coveting other people and what they had. Also, it developed in me the sense of like, feeling like I I didn't have enough. It created the scarcity story in me that I didn't have enough and I would never be happy. I don't ever remember talking to my mom when it comes to money or my grandparents. It was something that wasn't really discussed. However, when I turned 22 and moved out on my own, I was somehow supposed to figure it all out. I do remember one time my mother showing me how to write a check and she did say a handful of times to me, especially after I moved out, that credit cards are bad and to never be in debt. So I saw my mother pay cash for everything out of stuff envelopes and she would bring her coupon box to the store, which like honestly as a teenager was like super embarrassing. And when I moved out on my own at the age of 22, I decided to take take on all that stuff as my own because that's what I saw my mother do. So at 22, I threw everything that I owned into the back of my Ford Taurus and drove to California where I would start my new life. And so the family that I was living with for the first like year or so were pretty well off. Like the dad made the money and the mom was a stay-at-home mom and something that I never had the luxury of experiencing. They were so kind, they treated me as one of their own kids, but it also evoked a lot of like uncomfortableness for me because their lifestyle was not what I had grown up with. And so when I finally moved out and started to pay rent uh, on my own, I became a slave, literally a slave, to the paycheck. And I became a paycheck to paycheck liver. And that lasted up until almost 2018. So almost two decades worth of being a slave to my paycheck and also living paycheck to paycheck. In my late 20s, I had debt collectors call me on the regular. My phone would go off like every single day. I remember creating like a profile for them on my phone as CC, credit card. So anytime I saw, if it was like a 1-800 number, at that time, I think AT&T didn't have like block number options. So I would just come, it would just come up on my phone as CC and I knew not to answer it. Not only did I live paycheck to paycheck, I also got into paycheck advance cycles. I shared this back in my stories on IG back in September, and it was a real challenge to share this aspect of me, but the more I share about it, it doesn't sting so much. I used to take out, and this was in my late 20s, early 30s, I used to take out payday loans, sometimes two to three at a time, to pay my bills, and when those came due, I would have to take out more 
just to pay those loans off and to pay my bills back. And if you don't know anything about payday loans, they are insane. They charge like 500% in interest and they literally eat your money. During that time in my life, I felt like a complete failure. I had seen how my mom had been so frugal with her money and, you know, paying money, like paying things with cash in her envelopes and cutting coupons. And I would hear her say things like, I would hear it in my brain, I would say, I would hear her say things like, you should never be in debt. And I never, like, I really never asked my family for money because I was so embarrassed. In fact, just one time, I believe I asked my my grandmother for help because I had had an ex run up 10,000 some dollars on my credit card along with crashing my car. Not only did I have my own money problems, I had attracted someone into my life who had worse money issues than me. It was insane. So if you can imagine everything that I'm sharing with you has created a massive amount of wounding for me around my money. And something else that impacted my relationship with money is that I'm adopted. And so in the adoption process, my mother had to pay to provide some kind of means of currency in exchange for receiving me. So that also was a deep part of my wounding. So like I said, I felt like a failure. I felt so responsible and I seriously thought, or excuse me, I felt so irresponsible and I seriously thought that there was like no end in sight when it came to my money story. I felt like at that time, the best approach was just to ignore it and deal with it and just have, you know, my head in the sand and that approach worked for me just fine and I would like stress out about it when I needed to, but in all reality, I ended up stressing out about it all the time. It was on my mind, money was on my mind all the time. And it literally dictated the way that I felt, the way that I operated, the way that I like moved and navigated the world. And I, I mean, I have memories of me going out shopping with friends in like my 20s and seeing how they would buy themselves really nice clothes to wear. I was just so, I would be jealous because I wish, I was like, I wish I could do that. I wish I could buy myself nice things. All I could afford at the time was buying on discount racks or, you know, shopping at the thrift store because that was a way that I was brought up. I barely bought anything new. And when I got into my relationship dynamic at 33, I was hoping, oh, this will be the solution to my problems, that I, my thing, everything will be better financially for me because I'll be able to share expenses with the other person. But as I know now, I am source and I'm the creator of my problems. I'm the creator of my reality and all the things. And regardless of the environmental circumstances, the environmental factors, I remain the same exact person inside, meaning the wounds were still very present. The way that I operated, the way that I showed up was exactly the same way that I showed up when I was single. I can't tell you what really triggered the change, but I knew that something needed to shift. And perhaps it was just because I was so tired of playing out the victim story in my life and the payday loans and all the things. And maybe it's because I just wanted life to be not so hard anymore. So I decided in 2019, as I jumped into my entrepreneurial endeavors, as I started to deepen my work and my practice and the spiritual journey, uh, got a lot more into personal development, 
that I needed to shift something when it came to my money story. It started very gradually and actually very surface level, the healing aspect and the money wound healing, but that's where I needed to start in order to make that shift. The book that really started it all, I share this in my Instagram stories not too long ago, was You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. If you have not read it, make sure to check it out. It is amazing. She has great little exercises that are so helpful at the end of each chapter that help you reflect on your money. She basically helps you realize, this is was my takeaway because I look at things a little bit more spiritually. It helps you realize and acknowledge that you hold the power, that you hold the knowledge, you hold the power, and you have the ability to change your narrative and your story at any time that you want to. And I didn't realize that. I thought that I had just been dealt a shitty hand at life. I thought that I would just have to struggle forever. I thought that I'd have to keep working the job I didn't like, that I'd be unhappy about my weight for the rest of my life. I'd be unhappy about my home life. I'd be unhappy, unhappy, and unhappy, and really trying hard in life to make things change. In commencing my money healing journey, one of the biggest stories I created in my head that I'm still working through today is that I am inconsistent with money. I lived in a feast or famine life. Remember the paycheck, the paycheck to paycheck and the payday advances I was just talking about? I had money, then I didn't have money. It was as though money would come in and leave me pretty immediately. Like those payday loans, I would have money when it hit the ba- my bank account and I would have to pay my bills and then maybe pay other stuff. And then I never got to see like the fruits of my labor. So basically it was money in, money out. And I never really got the money to buy the things that I really, really wanted. And so I was deeply rooted in this belief or story that money comes and money goes and I have a roller coaster relationship with money. And when that came to light, when I had that aha moment, I started to look at the relationship that I had with other things outside of money. And you know what I found? I realized that I'd had a roller coaster relationship with my mom. I manifested love relationships that were very unsteady and quite the roller coaster. I even saw within my relationship with myself when it came to my physical weight that diets, I would just yo-yo back and forth with my weight. The biggest epiphany that I had was that it, it wasn't just around my money story. It was my life story, this roller coaster relationship. And that's the thing I want to point out here is that when we're looking at our relationship with our money, finances, abundance, most of the time it's because we are showing up in the same way in the other parts of our life. In seeing that part, that was a huge, huge breakthrough for me. So during COVID, like many people, I was struggling to make ends meet. I was about six months into my entrepreneurial endeavors and what ended up happening was that I had to file bankruptcy. And let me tell you that filing bankruptcy was literally one of the most heartbreaking experiences in my life that I've like literally ever gone through. And I'm still healing from it. The shame that I felt in doing this act brought up so many emotions that I was, I was just trying to heal from much more than I'm con- inconsistent with money, but that like I'm complete failure. Since then, I've done a lot of inner work to come back from those feelings of inadequacy and unworthiness. 
At that time, I started my money journals back in 2019. And I would reflect on anything around financial abundance, money, finances, all the things. I would write down celebrations of wins. I'd write down reflections of things. I recorded breakdowns. I recorded uh, recorded breakthroughs. I went through one year of a money boot camp that allowed me to see deeper levels of my patterns where everything stemmed from. And during that program and things that I've taken away now from that program and utilize in my life that are healing practices that I use on a very consistent basis with myself and I use with clients are things like tapping, which is aka emotional freedom technique. That's the tapping that you do on your meridian points to signal your body and your brain that you are safe. And I've utilized deeper practices like breath work to help heal myself as well. This brings me to what it is I want to share with you today around the healing aspect of abundance. The journey here has not just been becoming better or more responsible for money, right? Like that was a byproduct of the actual healing that I did. Yes, I got more responsible. Like when I realized that that pattern that I have, I'm irresponsible with money, Not only was I doing like the inner work to help heal that money story or that relationship story, but I also took action in getting better at budgeting, putting money aside, investing, creating those money habits that a lot of money coaches talk about. Yes, the mindset work is really important. Having healthy money mindset and relationships and reading helpful books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, feeding your mind and nourishing it, that's a big, big game changer, right? Like really, really important when it comes to your relationship with money. That's a huge aspect of what a lot of money coaches or coaches are teaching you. So the action-based things. But for me, doing that aspect of it, which is really, really important, the mindset work and all that, the biggest changer, the biggest game changer for me when it came to my money healing was creating safety in my body around money. Don't get me wrong. I love mindset work. And I have done mindset coaching now for the last five some years, being coached and being a coach around mindset. And it's been a huge impactor. Also, the biggest impactor and the reason I call the podcast the name that I call it is because it's coming back to yourself, back to here, back to your breath, back to your body. The body is the wisdom and the knowledge. When I coach people and I notice that they're feeling like outside of their body and help them to feel more into their body because we naturally are not taught this at a young age. We're not taught to be in our body. And I've had clients in sessions where I can tell that they're being, they're having out of body Uh, problems. So I bring them back by doing some stabilizing breathwork techniques to help them get a more centralized space to a more centralized space and back to here. My breathwork practices have helped me regulate my nervous system so much and it's helped me stay so much more aligned in my body that I feel safe and so it doesn't feel like it's just the shell that's carrying me around in this lifetime. 
And that's what I love, 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 love about breathwork is that when you have a limiting belief around, let's say, money that's coming up, you can set the intention before a breathwork session to help let it go. Or if you have a new thought that you want to implement into your body, you can utilize things like breathwork and even hypnosis to do this. Hypnosis, another healing modality that has been a large game changer for me when it comes to my money healing story. And I've been using it now for the last two years. And it's literally helped me rewire my subconscious for new thoughts. And what I really love about it is it penetrates the mind and the body. But also, it's like super relaxing and you literally don't have to do anything. With breathwork, of course, it's intentional. So you actually have to be present and be doing all the breathing yourself. But what I love about hypnosis is you just lay down and you listen to attract and you don't have to do anything else. The biggest point that I want to convey here and that I was literally talking about recently in my IG stories is about the relationship. With any type of relationships, there are emotions created and produced from us. Any type of relationship, emotions are going to be evoked and produced. And being in a relationship to your money is one thing. But being in relationship to the emotions that are evoked from the relationship with your money is even more important. Just like your relationship with yourself is important. The relationship that you have with abundance and scarcity. The relationship you have with abundance and scarcity and the emotions that are evoked when it comes to abundance and the emotions that are evoked and brought up when it comes to scarcity. I want to remind you that the wounding is not your fault. Your scarcity wound is not your fault. And as I mentioned in my day one of the Activate Your Inner Wealth and Abundance workshop, it is not your fault that scarcity runs in your story. We have absorbed from our caretakers, from school, from society at large. We're throwing throwing images and stories and entertainment around scarcity and money. And so like all of that is permeated literally in our bodies, in our brains. And so the scarcity story is not your fault. But what is your responsibility is healing that part of you. Creating a long-lasting, healthy relationship that is rooted in safety. So not only does your mind know that you're safe, but your body knows that you're safe. I'm going to throw a little science at you right now. Believe it or not, your body holds a lot of wisdom and a lot of trauma. We know this. With somatic practices, with polyvagal theory, did you know that 80%, okay, we, we, we process a lot of information every single day, but did you know that 80% of the information that you're, pro- you're processing on a daily basis is actually coming from the body? and makes its way up to the brain. Whereas only 20% is being processed by the brain and makes its way down to the body. For a long time, we thought it was just the brain that was processing and it would set down to the body. But as you can tell, 80% is a lot larger than 20%. And get this, on average per day, unconsciously, through our body, right? Because I'm saying unconsciously because we're not like consciously aware of everything that we're soaking in. 
like things like energy, all the things around us, like technology, of course, is a huge impactor on this, but also just in general, like being in every single circumstance in the day, if you think about it in your home, when you go out, when you go to work and all the things, wherever you are, social events, that your body unconsciously is processing on average, get this number, get this number, write it down, is insane. On average, your body is processing 660 million data points per minute, per minute, not just in one hour, but per minute. When I read that, I was like, oh my God, no wonder my body feels so exhausted or my body feels the way it does. Our nervous system, our nervous system is our livelihood, really, it is. And our nervous system is what keeps us going. I mean, the other parts of our body, of course, you know, the blood and the heart and like the brain and all that stuff, but our nervous system function literally. And one goal is to keep us safe. So if you are not creating safety within your body and your mind around things that you really want, let's take money as an example. If you are not creating safety in your body, in your mind, go back and reflect on that 80% and the 660 million data points that you're, you are absorbing every single day. If you are not creating safety within your body around something that you really desire, like money, how the heck do you expect to hold and maintain it? Because remember, your nervous system is there to make you safe. This is why healing is so important when it comes to the body around abundance and our relationship with money. Really, it comes down to how your nervous system works is how your life works. Pretty wild, right? So talking about all of this stuff like really lights me up. I don't know if you can tell I'm like super lit up about this because it's like so exciting, but it's so important. And because I've gone deeper in this area recently, because from a bodily aspect, I wanted to share with you something that I'm launching in January, 2024. You can actually save your spot right now. I am creating my first group coaching program where you can do everything that I shared with you on my healing in this episode. You can create a safer, abundant story. You can create a deeper, loving relationship with yourself. And you can create a deeper, loving relationship with money. You can heal wounds around scarcity in all the ways, in the somatic ways, where your body will be on board with your new story, not just their mind. The uncovering and delaying of your money wounds will be in a six-week group coaching container called Demystify Your Money Wounds. In this program, you'll get the opportunity to be with other people who share the same wounding and you'll get to experience the collective healing as well. So basically, when someone has a epiphany moment or aha moment, you can vibrationally feel that within the container as well. You'll be utilizing which include modalities like the EFT tapping that I shared with you, the hypnosis, the breath work, all in which you can penetrate the layers so much deeper to your subconscious for the healing. So this week, Thanksgiving week, the doors will open at a very low price through Cyber Monday, and that price will go back up again. And if you've been wanting to do anything around money healing, scarcity wound healing, and now is your chance because 2024 is a great way to kick off that part of you. As I mentioned before, the healing isn't just about money. That's the cool thing. 
It's not just about your relationship with money. In fact, it's about your relationship with yourself and those things around you. If you have the intention of healing the money story, that's amazing. That'll actually be a byproduct of what we're doing. But in reality, you're going to be going a lot deeper. You're going to be doing healing that's a lot deeper. To give a little more info, the offer will be going live on Black Friday. And you can go to the website, saritawellness.com backslash healing. So you can save your spot now because if you're listening to this episode the day it drops, it's Monday, the week of Thanksgiving, the page may not be completely active. If it's near the end and it's uh, the day after Thanksgiving and through Cyber Monday, that same page will still apply to you for the actual purchase. So there's no need to go to another website. So that website will still remain the same. If you're listening to it right now, you can save your spot. And if you are listening to this a couple days later, at the end of the week, you can still go to the same website, saritawellness.com backslash healing. So you can actually purchase it at the discounted price. I am so excited. Like I'm so excited about sharing this program with you because I know how transformational healing can be. And I know how transformational like bodily healing can be. Creating a safer nervous system that's going to allow you to live the life that you really, really desire. And just to let you know, this program is only open to eight people. Eight people. I really like small and intimate settings because we can make massive shifts together. I'm not saying that large group settings don't have massive shifts because you definitely can do that. I've been in a room with like a thousand people doing breath work at one time, which is like absolutely so amazing. And I've also done breath work sessions with like one other person. I just personally like small and intimate because we can just really go like a lot deeper. I cannot wait to share all this with you and guide you to your abundance. I'm so excited. Again, Go to saritawellness.com backslash healing to either save your spot or you can purchase it at a discounted price through Cyber Monday. So this concludes my money healing story episode. This does not conclude the healing itself, the money healing story itself, because that is a lifelong journey. I'm so grateful that you've been here with me today as I've shared with you this money healing journey that I've been on. And I look forward to seeing you in the program. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. The next episode, like I said, is going to be the second to last episode before the end of the year. I'm so excited. I can't believe that this year has gone by so fast and that my podcast is going to be a year old in January. So exciting. All right, love. Bye for now. And as always... Keep being the amazing you that you are. Hey love, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you adored what you heard, it would mean the world to me if you took a moment to leave a review on the platform you are listening to this episode on. By doing this, you are helping my mission to impact other women with their healing journeys. If you aren't already following me on social media, make sure to connect with me at Sarita Wellness to get your weekly dose of inspiration. I can't wait to be with you in the next episode, but in the meantime, keep being the amazing you that you are.